I took panic attack to a whole new level. There's no way I can describe this. And then when I realized it was up to me, what are you going to do? It involved everything from finance all the way down. How was I going to handle it? I want to tell you, I'm a Christian. I've always known the Lord, but I met Jesus face to face. This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with the founder and product formulator of Sunshine Botanicals, Emily Fritchie. Emily is also known as the skin whisperer. Her skin's beautiful. I wish you could see it. I'll put pictures up. Here we go. She owns, maintains, and has a practice in Coweta County, Georgia. However, her products can be found all over the U.S. and Canada. So welcome, Emily. I'm so excited to have you here on Second Win the Podcast. Wow. Thank you for inviting me. I am super excited to be here. This is a, uh, it's a big deal. And I think what you're doing is amazing. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. We have a lot to cover. We have a lot to cover, girl. Your story is incredible and how you've come out of it. So I don't want to waste any time. Let's start with that moment you told me about where your world came crashing down and you were able to find your second wind. Wow. That's an understatement, really. Um, I'll begin with the moment was when I was in my driveway, frozen and shattered because my precious little dog of 13 years was killed only nine days after I lost my husband very unexpectedly. My whole world crashed around me and I literally was on my knees in the driveway and you could have heard me screaming to Peachtree City because I came home. She had tried to follow me that day and apparently was hit by a car and tried to make it back to the house. I was hysterical. Now the story is bigger than that, but I remember I so many things had led up to this and when Patty Cake was gone, I collapsed and I told God, why don't you just burn the house down too? Because what do I need with that? I don't have children. I don't have siblings. My mother and father were gone. My husband, who was my business partner, who was the plant whisperer, or as I, I would call him, my husband was a very gifted herbalist. Sunshine Botanicals was born because of the amazing wild crafting and product development that he did. He died to undiagnosed pancreatic cancer just nine days before that. I was, to say I was hysterical is an understatement. My life shattered. I, as I sat there and I said to God, why don't you just burn the flipping house down too. As I literally sat there and we're in the country. Do you know what I heard? What? Because I'm not through with you yet. Stop. I heard. Yes. That's what I heard. It was almost audible, but it was in my spirit. And I'm like, I couldn't catch my breath. 
I was in shock for a full year. And to back into how I got there, my aha moment was in hindsight, really. But my aha moment was it was do or die. You don't get more alone than I was. In the process of processing the loss of my husband after 37 years of marriage, and I can't even go into the death of my dog, both of them. We had a double funeral. Did you know that? No. <laughs> they were in this. Yes, they were together. It was an aha moment. And it was a moment for the people in this town that knew what had happened. Nobody could even talk. It was just absolutely incredible. Not only did I have to try to process what was happening, but what is important to understand, especially as it relates to my work and my mission, my husband was my partner. My husband was the formulator. Dr. Philip Fritchie was a very gifted herbalist. He traveled all over the United States teaching herbology and natural medicine for the Trinity College of Natural Health out, out of Indiana. He would travel and do weekend workshops and on-site wild crafting classes for students all over the country. And when he was home, he was in the lab, literally making our original formulas, which was the rapid repair collection from Sunshine Botanical. When I, and again, I'm still in the driveway here, okay? I took panic attack to a whole new lab. There's no way I can describe this. And then when I realized it was up to me, what are you going to do? It involved everything from finance all the way down. How was I going to handle it? I want to tell you, I'm a Christian. I've always known the Lord, but I met Jesus face to face. And I have a relationship that I never would have had any other way because he literally picked me up just like Humpty Dumpty and glued me back together over the following months. But it was a very slow process. But in addition to processing the loss of my husband and everybody and realizing, imagine this, you don't have anybody. I mean, no connections. I had some friends, you know, not like I have now, but I had, you know, most of my friends were in different states. And oh my God, it overwhelmed doesn't even begin to describe it. Well, I can't even imagine. You're no, you can't. You want to cry. I can't even imagine no, you coming to my house and having everything, everybody that I count on to be in my life, in my house, gone, vanish. And then run your business too. Figure that one out. And I was, I had just turned 60 years old. Oop, told my age. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of the second one. It doesn't matter. Age okay, doesn't matter. But keep going. Imagine the panic uh -uh. of realizing that, A, it was up to me to now take care of myself. Given what he did, my husband was also an amazing chef. I never had to cook. Wow. It was pitiful. It was really pitiful. The first year after he left, I'm like, oh my, Phil did it all. I mean, what he did to herbs and making gorgeous products and bottles, he did in the kitchen with food. It was just, he was very gifted in many ways, but I digress. I had to figure it out because this man wild crafted, which means you forage. And there were different parts of the U.S. that a lot of our raw materials came from. Uh, Sunshine Botanical started with the herb garden that still exists here on our property. But as we grew, it outgrew our ability to do that. So right. we had, he had farms and connections where raw materials would come from. And then other things in the spring and in the fall, we would wildcraft. And it was always an incredible adventure to through the Carolinas and up the East Coast. And he was an incredible teacher. If I can 
can mention his book. He has an amazing book that is great. I said, you should have called it Herbalism for Dummies because even <laughs> I can use this and you want to hear something insane. Yeah. That's exactly what I had to do. The man wrote the book. Get this. Okay. I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm the esthetician. I'm marketing. I'm education. Phil made everything. Yeah. You'd had no idea. Like you really no. did though, did you? No. You kind of had no. your separate thing. Like if Frank died tomorrow and I had to run the restaurants, boom, I couldn't cook anything. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Oh, girl. Yeah, you could. Okay. And now I don't know how much time we've got, but I will say this. Okay. My husband's book, and you can find it online. It's even on our uh, website, but you can find Practical Herbalism by That's Dr. Philip Fritchie. Uh-huh, by Dr. Philip Fritchie. This is a field guide where you can take it outside. And if you've never identified medicinal plant, you can do it. And know what to do with them when you found it. And I want you to know that one of the raw materials in one of his signature products is called Jewel Weed. It's amazing. It's an immediate um, antidote for poison ivy, poison oak, sumac. We use it for itchy, dry skin, for radiation and oncology patients. It's an ingredient in one of our products, right? So we would go uh, up the East Coast and we would harvest jewelweed in the spring when it, you know, just when it was right. I want you to know, and this is one example of the hundreds of experiences I've had since where, talk about divine intervention. He literally was in the car with me and said, oh, pull over here. You know, we went up, uh, one of my girlfriends went with me to harvest jewelweed. Do you know how I did it? I took his book. I took the man's book. And I'm like, Tracy, what is it? All right, what is the edges of the leaf? What does that? Oh, yeah, 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 this is it. We went and harvested the first batch of jewelry spot on. Wow. Back from North Carolina. Anyway, I digress. For those of you that are listening that have no idea what I'm talking about, the ingredients in my products are pristine and we use plant medicine instead of chemicals for aging and problem skin conditions. So thus the jewelweed, which was so important. Anyway, everything was gone. And what happened and what I have learned since then, and it's not until you came along and asked me to tell my story that I put it all together and I've had to tell the whole thing all the way through. And I sat back and listened to it and I'm like, holy cow, we really did that. But I had to learn absolutely everything. And I, I can I can go through all of these details, but I'll just tell you one thing. What God prepared me for, I would have never seen coming. And it's like, you know, you've always heard this story about, you know, using a trauma to help others. Well, here I am. And it's everything from helping women who are now on their own for whatever, death, divorce, what have you, dealing with finance, dealing with all of these decisions they have to make. I have been there, done that, doing that, right? And literally learning to trust an invisible source for strength and direction, you know, and I'm not kidding. That relationship has been growing like you couldn't believe, but Dr. Phil had pancreatic cancer. We were, I had 10 days from diagnosis to death. And you were days. telling me that the only reason you even got a diagnosis was you had to like get mad at him. He was a man. He was stubborn and he was a herbalist. He was 
And I think, and there's so many things I think now, in his own way, I know it wasn't until the very end that he realized how bad it was. He knew he wasn't okay, but he didn't want to worry me or bother me. And that, in fact, it had the opposite effect. You know, that was what he did. So it was, uh, I finally was able to get him to the ER to at least have a diagnosis, to know what we're dealing with, you know, what's going on. At that point, he was so jaundiced. I was searching everything online and I've studied anatomy and physiology and natural medicine for 30 years. So I I didn't want to know either, but it was really scary. And it was, God was merciful because he took him and I learned that God answers prayer, but not always the way you want it, (laughs) you know, and ask for healing. And he did, but he did it in a very different way. He just took him on home. I, to this day, there, our love story is on our website at sunshinebotanicals.com. On the about us page, you can see the love story and we were a pair, you know, and his legacy and his influence in his spirit is really felt. I believe that he's very much aware. He's very much with us. I know it, whether anybody else does or not, but I know he's okay. But our love story is there. And it was a love story of the the esthetician and the herbalist. And the (laughs) business grew out of my passion for corrective skincare and his passion for plant medicine. Bill was an amazing writer. He was also an awesome teacher. He was very, very gifted. And we're carrying that forward because, you know, in our world, in our culture now, people know more about, you know, how to maintain an automobile and how their bodies function and how, you know, life-giving, you know, nutrition and plant medicines can be. And that's my mission. That is so true. My aha moment was not only am I not through with you yet, you're here for a much bigger reason. That was the awareness I had that I was here for a much bigger reason than I realized. And it un- it began to unfold to me. What did that feel like when you realized that? Did you have a feeling like, what, can you put that in words? No, no. It was humbling. It was terrifying. And it was humbling. It was an act of surrender that you cannot describe because there was nothing on my own that I could do. And I realized why Carrie Underwood wrote Jesus Take the Wheel. I'm going to start crying. I can't do this, but it came from an experience like this. It's like, there's no way, no way. And I found, well, I'll tell you that. I'll just leave it at that. Everything worked out. The products continued. We had to go through his office. He was old school herbalist, okay? And look through his books and find formulas and recipes and suppliers and raw materials. I mean, it was unbelievable. It wasn't like I could go to a computer and print out the list. Oh no, he was old school. He didn't do it that way, okay? So what I'm trying to say here is the fact that I am where I am today is by the grace of God. And he said, you know what? And yes, I mean, obviously I had to pick myself up. I had a couple of choices. I could fold up my tent. What was I going to do at this point in my life? I looked around and realized, what are your options, sister? (laughs) You know, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I have worked this hard. We have put our whole world into this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I have no idea. And I couldn't think about all the list that was a mile long of all the things I had to figure out. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, the people that God has brought into my life, the people, I don't even have words. It's like, you know, I'm like, show me, teach me, guide me. I'm here for a reason. This is a purpose. Okay. 
I'm in the beauty business, okay? And I'm in the green beauty space, which is, you know, a big deal. And it sounds glamorous and impressive. It's not. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's my passion, but it's hard work. But to take it from a pickle jar in your kitchen to where we are now is truly an incredible thing. And and it really, you know, when I heard about, when you talked to me about the show and about women, you know, second wind and, and, you know, you cracked up when I said, yeah, sometimes the light at the end of our tunnel is an oncoming train. And you just almost fell off the chair. And I felt that way many times. It's like, just when you think, you, it's like, no, bam, step backwards. <laughs> you can survive against massive odds. Right. And anyway, it's this company is my passion. My work is my passion. People are my passion because I've got solutions for so many things. And God has brought the most amazing people to me. And we're in a time in our world, in our life right now, where this information is needed so much. So with Phil's, with his books and his, all of his class manuals and things he did, I have come in, this was his office. I painted this. But, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had to go into his material for reference with all the things that are happening because I knew he was very forward thinking, you know, and that's what he knew. But anyway, most people know me for great skin and solving problems. And it's bigger than that, though. It really is. And I scared a lot of people. There were people were really afraid for me. It was a rough time. But where I am afraid as far as what afraid of how you were going to get psychologically and emotionally. Sure. Right. You know, were you afraid for you? No, I was scared to death. Okay, but I wasn't afraid for me, you know, and it depended on who was the closest to me. But I mean, you know, it's funny how people react. A lot of people that said they were so afraid for me back so far away from me, I didn't even really care, you know, but that's how people are, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it just punctuated the aloneness. And I got real good at being alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm now totally okay with being completely all by myself. So there's the journey. It's taken a while, but it's like, okay, I- I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine. How, many, how long from that incident in the driveway, that life altering moment when you were on your knees to where we are now, how long is that period of time? Four years. Do you know it will be four, four years, years? Four years tomorrow. My husband. Wow, that's Jan- really weird. January 19th, 2017 at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's really weird that we're doing this right now. I don't yeah. know why that's happening. That's what my life is like. <laughs> Mine too, though. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it's what's synchronicity. You know, it's just crazy. And anyway, my husband without, I mean, out, leave me out of it. He was very old school. He was not looking for the limelight. I'm, I was the, it's just personalities, right? I wanted to run out and tell everybody about all these great things. And Phil was just fine being in front of his computer and teaching classes and, you know, being himself. But when I re-released his book, by the way, I'll tell you something funny. The book that's there now, Practical Herbalism, last year, I had the publisher come to me and said, you know, this book is going into its fifth printing. I said, really? And we had to deal with all the legality. So I would have the copyright and all of that. And he asked me if I wanted to add anything to the book. I'm like, oh, oh my, what a responsibility. Yeah. What you will see in that book on the, right on the inside cover. And I, I had to think about that. I wrote the foreword. He was very, for those of you that are listening that would even know who Will Rogers is. 
he had a very Will Rogers teaching style and he's helped people. I've had people email and message me from all over the country that were students of his that I never met that said, you know, my child with autism, you know, has experienced, has been able to feed himself because of your husband or, you know, he worked with Lyme's disease too a lot. There were a lot of different herbs and things he worked with medicinally or, you know, he changed my life or I'm now a naturopathic doctor because of his influence on my life. Things like that happened. So he had a teaching style. He taught by telling stories and people said that's what they remembered most about him is a lot of teachers could be very clinical and with the information, but they remembered because of the way he taught. So anyway, that being said, we bring an old school, very powerful herbal medicine twist to corrective cosmetics and skincare, which has never been more relevant than now. And we work with oncology patients as well as other types of skin issues. And I learned so much from him. And so anyway, it's been four years and here we are. And here we are and you're doing great. So just let's dive back a little bit, just understand who this very strong, brave, courageous woman is sitting in front of us now telling her story. Tell us a little bit about who Emily is. I grew up in Cobb County. I'm a Georgia native. I was an only child. My parents were precious people. And uh, my father worked at the post office and my mom was a housewife, just about as American as you got back in the day. I always had, I was, I'm a super creative introvert. That's who I am. Okay. I have to withdraw to recharge my batteries, but I'm hyper creative and I also love to write. And that's where I love to create products. So I'm happiest when I'm in the creative space or working on faces, right? Anyway, I didn't know about any of this at that time. I was a, I had a lot of skin issues as a adolescent and early teenager that really set the stage for my work, although I didn't know it at the time. Had I known I loved chemistry so much, I may have gone that direction, but who knew I could apply that to beauty products, right? Right. Back then, you didn't. No, no. Those opportunities weren't there. Anyway, I had a lot of skin conditions and I became hyper aware of skin at a very early age because I just wanted pretty skin. What I had was eczema. I had hives. They were very both very cyclical. And I had acne all at the same time. Now, I look back on the pictures and they it wasn't nearly as horrible as I thought it was at the time, but to me it was pretty traumatic. Well, as a teenager, yeah. That's like oh, yeah. the world is oh. shattering down around you. <laughs> right, right. But the eczema, which is a real issue, was all through the webbing of my hands, on my arms, on my face and neck. And you know, I just knew that I wanted pretty skin. That's where it started. And there wasn't a there were two options of skincare, maybe three back then. And that was the doctor's office, the department store, beauty counter, whatever it was at the time, or the drugstore. That was it. And I began, you know, reading labels uh, and wanting to understand what was in this. And that's been a work in process for years. But anyway, that really started it. But what fast forward uh, a number of years, I was so determined. I wanted to find out why I had the problems I had, because even then I felt like if I knew what was causing it, I could do something about it. Well, 
at that time, you were kind of, you didn't have any power. You took the medicine or you did one way or the other, right? And if I would stop using cortisone cream topically, it came right back. So that was, it made no sense. So anyway, it just paved a, a path for interest that had me picking up different kinds of books and information and things like that. I didn't know anything about plant medicine until, God, 20, 25 years ago. I don't know. I'd have to really look at the calendar and tell you, but it's been a while. But it ultimately led me into... Uh, the field of aesthetics. And when I got into this, there was no such thing as aesthetics. I am that old. <laughs> I was an esthetician before there was such a Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like, hey, hold still. In the meantime, my creative and adventurous self, you know, you couldn't hold me down to a small town. I'm like, there is just not nearly enough to do around me. So off I went and on the wings of man, and I was a flight attendant for Eastern Airlines. So they took me and me and my little gypsy self and my suitcase and off we went. And so that occupied 10 or 11 years of my life. In the meantime, I was still, you know, it was all skin and makeup and beauty and products and all of these kind of things. And I continued to, I'm just hungry. I'm the why, I'm the annoying little why kid. Why? <laughs> why is that? But so that's how I did it. And, uh, you know, Eastern Airlines folded in 1991. And that was sad because that was the most fun I've ever had. And that's how I met my husband. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, you were telling me that you used to uh, do facials for the yeah, other yeah. flight attendant. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, in the, we would fly the L-1011, which was a night coach out of LA. And it was a galley down below in the airplane. And, and I, I didn't know aesthetics at that time, but I, I could see everybody's skin and I knew I could do something to make it look better. You know? And then we're pulling out the makeup bags and the cleansers and all these kind of things. And, you know, night coach, people are asleep upstairs. So I'm doing facial stuff <laughs> the airplane. It was hilarious. Anyway, so that, that was kind of, you know, and so anyway, when it was a parent, fortunately, I didn't ride it out to the end. My husband encouraged me to make other arrangements <laughs> because he knew I would be devastated if Eastern shut down and they had to throw me off the airplane. So you met him before Eastern closed. Oh, yeah. Tell us about oh, that. oh, yeah. My husband was on the first flight my mother and father got to take after I was new baby flight attendant because they got free passes. And it was a big deal. I mean, this was back in the 80s, right? And it was really exciting. They got to travel for free and uh, they got to go. They were traveling with some of their friends on a trip to San Francisco to go for a vacation. And I had been based in Newark, New Jersey when I first got started. And it was a very small base. Well, what did I know? When I finally was able to transfer back home to Atlanta, Newark had like 200 flight attendants and Atlanta had 2,500, right? Well, what did I know? I just picked up the phone and called crew scheduling and said, hey, can you put me on the trip going out to San Francisco? Well, I didn't I know that you couldn't do that. Well, they did. And sure enough, they put me on that flight. So off we go. And so they let me dead head to San Francisco to work the trip back home so I could be with my mom. Right? How amazing. Well, in the meantime, so here we go and we're waiting in the gatehouse and my husband, who is on his way back from Nantucket because he was in the restaurant business at the time and was coming back from a seafood convention to Atlanta to go back home to San Francisco because he lived in Palo Alto. He had told his secretary, never, ever, 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 ever book me on Eastern Airlines because they're always late. Well, she booked him on Eastern Airlines. Oh, no way. Okay. I see where this uh, is going. Okay. That was, that was funny. So anyways, like, oh my God. Well, sure enough, we were three and a half hours late. <laughs> 
And nobody had cell phones and all that stuff. So what people actually talked to each other back in the day and people met and my parents were talking with their friends and we're just kind of waiting. And the reason we were three and a half hours late was because the airplane was full. We And they called it load factors. The plane was too heavy to take off because it was so hot. It was on June the 29th and it was so hot. We had to wait till the sun went down so the plane could take off. Oh, man. Okay. So in all of this time of mingling, uh, all we needed was drinks. It would have been a cocktail party, right? And everybody was talking with each other. And my dad's taking pictures and of, you know, because, you know, doing the whole tourist thing, right? And, you know, I'm a little baby flight attendant. They got to go someplace for free. And that was a big deal. So it was really fun for all of us. And Mr. Phil, we had been watching this whole thing come across the room. And he came over and said, would you like me to take a picture of your whole family to my dad? Well, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, the conversation struck up and the rest is history. So it was pretty amazing. But I'll never forget the first time I ever saw him. And before he came over, I'll have to say this just because it was another. No, it's hard. I was going to actually say it if you didn't, because I thought it was pretty cool when you told me. It was amazing. Okay. I kind of jumped over a few things. We were chatting and daddy was taking pictures. I pulled out a compact out of my purse to put on, you know, touch up my lip gloss for a picture. And I've got the lipstick going and I'm seeing, and in my mirror, I see him behind me. He was good looking. Oh my. God, he was propped up against the wall, smiling, looking right through me. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm trying, just watching me, just smiling. Kind of miss him. In your compact, in your mirror. I saw him. Okay. And then I put it down and I poked my dad and I said, you know, said, Daddy, now I was 21 years old. So give me, you know, consider that. And he said, I said, Daddy, that man's staring at me. He said, ignore him. I said, okay. <laughs> that was so funny. And I said, okay. So anyway, a few little bit later, I walked over to the gate agent to find out if there was going to be space available because that's how pass riders flew with space available, right? And so I walked over to see how it was looking, if they were going to be able to get on. And about the time I walked up to the gate, my dad took a picture of me and it was at the exact moment my husband walked over to say hello to me. So I have a picture of the first time he ever spoke to me. That is amazing. So there and there we go. So if you go look oh. at the love story, we've been through a lot since then. He was quite the guy. And over the years, uh, his love for, he was very earthy and got back to his original love. And uh, Phil was the guy that could take you out in the woods and take you on an herb walk, which he used to do. It was called the Herbal Medicine Makers Boot Camp at Callaway Gardens, which he oh, did wow. twice a year. I've got it on video, girl. I can share it with you. It was absolutely amazing. He would take 50 people. His max was 50. I think it usually topped it out at 40. Would come in from all over the country to study with him. And he could take you out in the woods and help you identify medicinal plants and know what to do with them when you found it. That's it. That's really, really who he was. And he will live forever through me. And he left a, a wonderful footprint and has helped a lot of people. And he's saving me a seat. So anyway, that's kind of our story from beginning to unfortunately. How did you, well, yeah, but how'd you guys get into actually developing your own products? Like okay. that takes some gumption and some faith it does. and a little bit of leaping. Well, let me answer that question. First of all, and I'm channeling him right now because he's talking right now. Wow. And that is, we didn't do any such a thing. Okay. My husband made rapid repair for me, for my skincare clinic. Really? That he made it for me. I'm the one that decided everybody in the whole world. 
had said you were in a town and there and you decided you wanted to be an esthetician and you went to a salon and kind of set up shop that's a story for another time because I can't make it make sense to anybody right now but no (laughs) it was a matter of you know apprenticeship and, and learning as you go but what to ask about how the brand grew up around us our original formula which was rapid repair fluid my husband made and brought into my skincare clinic probably 25 to 30. It hadn't been quite 30 years, but let's say 25 years ago. And brought this little brown amber bottle and said, I want you to try this and tell me what you think. He was just beginning to, he had been watching the work I did and saw a lot of inflammation and a lot of things that needed healing. And he understood plants. So he started combining some things. And so he started making products just for me. There was zero intent of building a beauty brand. If it had been done, we would have done it a very different way, you know, but this was like a product led to another product led to another product that I used in my skincare practice. So it happened over a period of time. It's taken a long time. Whereas if you wanted to build a beauty brand now, you have the whole thing planned out, you hit the market and go. That was not the mentality. That wasn't our plan because it was more of a healing practice and learning and discovery. Well, after uh, several products, it, you know, became aware, you know, and I said, this needs to be branded. And that happened over time. And it's been through different looks and things over the years, but it started, that's why I call it the love story because he made herbal tinctures for my clinic, not for a beauty brand at all. It just ultimately over the years became that. And it took on a life of its own. So as a result, I've been doing this a lot longer than maybe some of my contempt, my competitors did because they came at it too with a, with a very different approach. But this was all about healing. And we would travel around the country. I'd go to a lot of his workshops and classes with him. I would take a treatment table and end up doing faces, you know, after his classes because people were fascinated with the medicinal properties of herbs and plant medicine because it's not taught in well, then seeing it in action, right? Absolutely. It's very experiential that way. So that's how we did it. And it started that way. So I don't, that's all there was to that. Now it's a different story, but that's how we got started. That is the coolest. I know you have so many layers to this story and maybe we'll just have you back. But um, a, a couple of questions now. What has your journey been uncovering for you as a person now? Because you said, you know, it wasn't until you made me sit there and tell my story that I actually thought about my story. I can answer that. I really can. I couldn't have before. (laughs) Okay. And that is, I found out who I am. Let me give you a visual on how, now I think in pictures, I don't know if you or anybody else does that. I don't really think in words, but if I have a thought, I have a literal movie going on in my head. I think it's because I'm a creative, right? But anyway, one of the things I remember seeing, you remember when we were kids and NASA would shoot up a rocket mm-hmm. and Apollo went up and you would watch the, this rocket come up and one layer would come off and another, and then you just had the little capsule floating around up there. I literally saw the gang. I, I'll never forget this one. Right alongside the rocket were orange, like a gantry way. And when the rocket would go up, the gantry way would fall away and the rocket left. That's what I saw. And that was God's vision to me of what was happening to me. And to say it took to either develop or find my courage, I had no choice. And some of us are like that. God says, well, you won't learn this any other way. 
you know, but I learned in the process, I've learned who I am, what I actually like and don't like. And that's another thing that with women, if you've got families or if you lose somebody or you you have to relearn your life, whether it's divorce or death or relocation, whatever, you've just got to, I thank God for the Marines. Their slogan is my life slogan, improvise, adapt, and overcome. You know, what else are you going to do? And I've learned through ashes and trauma, who I am. And I was really surprised to find some of it out. And this took some time. I was very surprised to find out that I really am an introvert, you know, because there's a, you know, an extroverted introvert, you know, I was a flight attendant, you know, and I'm not shy, but I'm very much an introvert. And I did not realize until I was on my own and I could make my own choices where I would be and how I would feel when I got, you know, and that I had to recharge my batteries. And I never realized that, but I've learned who I am. I've learned to accept myself. I'm learning to forgive myself for a lot of Wow. I'm learning. I was real hard on myself in my life. Real hard. Oh man, I just pound myself. You Why? Know? Why do you think I, that I think it's because I expect more. I think I would always raise the bar. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Expectations. Yeah. Right. You know, and perfectionism. I don't know that I was a perfectionist necessarily. But I don't know. I think I've just learned to forgive myself for things I can't change. I've learned to, and still learning will be till I check out how to let things go, you know? And, uh, okay. And, really and, and, and I, I'm learning how to handle control and what control really is. And I never realized what it really was. And the, I always thought of it as a negative thing. And if you're trying to take care of everybody, it's a form of control, right? And you're trying to make everybody happy all the time. And you're yeah. trying to do all of these things all the time. I think women it, get stuck in that role. Yeah. And temperance of the home uh-huh. and how everybody is acting, reacting and feeling yes. comes down to us. That's it. And God used this experience and still is to break me from that. And and being an only child with older parents, you know, and I was responsible for them and they trusted me with their whole life as they aged. And, you know, I was picture Atlas with the little world on his shoulders. You know, <laughs> that I had to somehow I think I got the idea that it was up to me to make the world spin, you know, and you just got to let it go and you've got to learn how to trust others and and be okay with imperfection, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's like layers. I think layers come off a person, you know, and you it's get down great to, to say that. Yeah. You know, layers come yeah, off of the layers that aren't serving you. Anymore. Boom. And then you're like, you know what? You don't suck after all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I'm, if I'm, you do, if somebody thinks you do, too bad. Bother you. Exactly. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well said. Well said. So Emily, do you have any um, secrets or routines that you've developed to kind of keep you positive, keep you going? I would imagine you've needed, there's been, there's gotta have been days where you were just, you know, I'm just, I don't want to get up. Yeah. Get up. Nobody's depending on me to get up. Uh Uh-huh. Right. How have you conquered that? Or are you conquering that? I am conquering that. And again, by the grace of God, a very dear friend of mine taught me about blinders to the point when we met for lunch one day, I think she'd gone to an auction somewhere and brought in 
a big pair of blinders like you put on a mule. You know, okay. blinders that you put on a horse? Yeah. So they, they're not looking around. They're looking right. straight ahead. Yeah. She brought, she sat them up. She, she held them up to me just like this. And I almost fell off the chair because she had been telling me to put blinders on. And I never really understood what that meant at that time. But yeah, for the rest of us, what does that mean? I don't know. That, okay. Well, I'm going the long way around to answer your question and forgive me. Okay. <laughs> you asked me, how do I handle it? Right. I have literally learned to put myself in a bubble and to put blinders on. And do you know what? And I'm going to say this as we're going into, I don't know when this will air, but we're going into the week of the election and the world is insane and everybody's stressed out. And this is why, this is why God left me here. Like little girl, you got stuff to do. Okay. I have learned to put myself in a bubble and to create my own reality. Seriously. Okay. So the blinders were her way of giving me a visual. I have to have a, if you don't draw me a picture, I'm not going to get it. Right. Anyway, put to put blinders on. So I'm not distracted, you know, with all the stuff going on, I stay focused and I can maintain my equilibrium. Okay. So, okay. To give you a, a more tangible physical answer, I put me in the woods. I love to hike. Okay. So Summer and I, I've got an amazing little dog. She's a little heavenese and she loves to go for walks. So I love to go hike waterfalls. And sometimes I just go over to the link, you know, here in Noonan and just go for walks and uh, walking meditation or prayer walks is what I call them. I have to clear my head. But what all I can, I, what I want to say, and I don't know if this can be received by anyone, but if you can learn to put blinders on, once you get clear on where you are and you know, just create your, we can't control everything. I think it goes back to that control thing, you know, that we're talking about. It's like, okay, what I listen to, what I allow to go into my head, who I surround myself with, what I do sets my mood in my day. I can't go back to where I was. I will tell you, some people would have just be, be done with it. I mean, it was that flatlined for me. So I literally, you know, came up out of the rubble and here we are today and I'm pretty damn proud of it. Okay. Should be. And you should be. Thank you. I really am. I mean, you know, it's a, quite a story, but hopefully it will be encouragement to others to say, you know what? I've been to bottom, you know, and I can tell you there's only one way to go and that's up, but keep blinders on, create your own reality, whatever floats your boat and whatever can keep you calm and learn and get in touch with yourself. Go inside, have the courage. I'm going to tell you, it takes more courage than anything is to ask the Holy Spirit to show you who you really are. You said you better, you better buckle up. Yeah. You said you had to learn how to be quiet. Yes. Yes. And listen. Busy, 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 busy is how I would cope. And I think a lot of people do that. And I think oh, we can yes. go on automatic, oh, right? Yes. Oh, yes. But being quiet was frightening because I wasn't sure what I wanted to hear, you know, and it was, but it was really peaceful. So now it's like it, I am not the same person in any way, shape or form. And I've been glued back together and we're all still in this together. And, you know, my, I love doing faces. Okay. My happy place is in my clinic. If I've got a face on my table, you'll walk out after one visit. You're going to look different. Okay. But it's because I'm channeling all that energy, you know, into people. And I, it's just blesses me. And my client, one of my clients told me recently, she says, I think you get more excited about this than I do. 
<laughs> That's but it's great. And, and I, I have the pleasure of working with some plastic surgeons and some other brilliant people around the country, you know, in my field and co- having collaborations and doing some pretty cool things. So I have, I have a lot to keep me busy. So that's, I'm the most grateful for that, you know, because what I lost in everybody and everything that loved me was a magnification of my purpose and it, my interest and my vision kind of expanded, you know, as part of that. So if I can encourage one person after what I've been through, that's great, you know, yeah. because it great things, even in the darkest times. Would yeah. you say, what would you say? Did, I mean, you had passion for everything you were doing before, obviously, and you were loving it. Is it a different kind of passion or is it more like, do you feel more of your soul is involved? Mm -hmm. Like I feel more, even more grounded. Grounded. Okay. I'm very grounded. And I love to grounding is especially being out with, you know, earthy things, you know, to ground with the earth's energy. I I am so creative. I am ADD. I mean, I can go, I can have 12 trains coming out of my brain at once. And they all make sense. And if they're great, unless they all crash together and I have to get outside, you know, and literally ground my energy so that I can focus, you know, and focus on one train and not all 12 kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. And just kind of line them up. But, but yes, it's a more grounded, it's a more grounded thing now. Uh, Yes. I had passion before, but now I, who knew I was, I was a really pretty good writer. You know, I never, ever dreamed I was a writer. Well, I found out I'm pretty good at it. And it's like, I, I'm able for some reason, things can come out of me on paper that when we're talking, I don't understand that. I really don't. I don't get it. I, I have, I can be very detailed in writing, much more so. And, and maybe it's because it's focused on the screen, you know, and I can focus there. Uh, so anyway, I am, you know, people are, are stressed out right now. People are frightened and stressed out and scared. And, you know, there's so much unknown. And, and you know what, at the end of the day, we're not promised tomorrow. And I wasted a lot of time in my life with, this is where I used to beat myself up. If I could have let go of some worries that weren't going to change anything that I had at the time, I, I'd go back tomorrow and redo it. And it's a, it's it's a journey. We all have a process or a journey to walk, but you know we're not promised tomorrow. And self acceptance is really just. A, I think that's a really pretty groovy thing. <laughs> pretty groovy thing I think it's and I think especially as we hit our second wind that's when it it starts to click that Mm -hmm. we are enough and we do need to surrender to what we cannot see and we need to trust our gut and our feelings and our intuition yes 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 yes, absolutely absolutely grandma Moses wasn't an artist until she was old then she got famous There's so many, so many stories out there. Of course, most of them are written about men. We shall find all the one, ones about women who found their way. Yeah. And there are plenty, and I'm going to find them all and interview them all. But there are plenty of women who found their way in their second half of life. And it's because we take all these experiences and journeys and things we've learned that have brought us to where we are. And that's why you can sit there and say the things you're saying that make sense and resonate. And you know, it's, it's coming from such a genuine place that you've been there, done that, and you're standing on your two feet and 
you're out there to conquer whatever comes your way. You just feel that from you. You're welcome. I am on a big mission. I and love God, it. God's still revealing it to me even now. So. Oh yeah, every day. Every day it's exciting to wake up and kind of just say, all right, I'm game. Let me know. Let me know what's going on today. Right. And look who shows up. And look who shows up. <laughs> so tell me, tell us, what is next for Emily Pritchie of Sunshine Botanicals? Adventure and discovery. Okay. Okay. Depending on what we are allowed to do, I have a new YouTube channel or I'm on YouTube. I'm working on a program of my own and my blog is called The Skin Whisperer on the Road. And I want to take everyone uh, virtually and physically if we can, but I want to take people around the country and around the world with me on for different experiences. I want to go, I, I love to find brilliant people. I want to go work with one of the distillers that uh, distilled the CO2 extract from lemon balm for Sunshine Botanicals was a distiller for Corbell for the champagne company. Okay. I am fascinated with processes. Okay. Stay with me for a minute and let me answer your question. I want to create I guess my blog will be a vlog, a video blog, where people can come with us on journeys, whether it's a safari or whether we go to Western North Carolina this spring and wildcraft some of the raw materials for our next batch of formulation that's coming up. But the processes are so fascinating. For example, when raw materials are tinctured, though you may not know what I'm talking about, but it's a, a term in the herbal world where the medicinal properties of plants are extracted to make medicine, we use still the lunar calendar for our product formula. I was going to ask you if you use the lunar calendar. We most definitely do. The herbs are tinctured and wildcrafted on a new moon. And because they're the most potent then, correct? Yes, yeah. it is. Because it, it has to do with the energetic field of the earth with the moon. If you tincture an herb and you let it go through the process until the moon, you're go from, going from waxing to waning. Is that right, Phil? From a new moon to a full moon, right? And then we take it out when the moon is full and we strain the liquid and we compost the resin, whether it's roots or petals or flowers or what have you. And what it means is you've got a stronger ingredient that ultimately makes a stronger formula. And that's true even if you just plant tomatoes. If you plant tomatoes or vegetables or pl flowers for that matter, on the new moon, they're going to have stronger roots because of the energetic pull of the earth. And a lot of, you know, green beauty is a billion dollar industry and it can mean a lot of things. So I tell everybody, Everybody know your source, you know, and know what's in the products, you know, is it authentic, right? I think I, what I'm loving the most about my life now is I get to be authentic. How about that? You I know, like all those things are away yep. and it's authentic and so are my products, but you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I digress. What's next? Um, my blog will grow and so will my video channel. And I'm going to be interviewing some of the most fascinating people uh, from, oh my God, from, so people can see what goes into this because when you see it, it's magic, you know, and I love to go find brilliant people that ultimately make up my um, tribe of herbalists, 
formulators, chemists, all the people that actually that I contract with now to produce all of those formulas that I found on paper in, in his book and his office, I could have killed him. I told him once, I said, if you weren't dead, I'd kill you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have, I hope that didn't sound too insistent. No, it was I heard him laugh. No. My husband was sarcastic. And I'm like, why did you make me hunt through every book in here to find all this stuff? But once we did, by golly, we got something great. So I want adventure and discovery for my life. And my life is hard to separate my life because my who and my do are almost the same. My who and my do are almost the same. Right. I love that. Okay. My who and my do, because I'm all the things that fascinate me become part of my world, become part of my mission. And, you know, I am a healer really at heart. I do a lot of energy work and work with a lot of folks. And I think people, there's a tremendous hunger for this information and education. So I want to bring it to people that know nothing about plant medicine, what's hype, what's BS, what's real, you know, and uh, how do I know the difference? You know, so those are, that will keep me busy. (laughs) So that's what's next for me. Ah, that is amazing. Okay. I think that we will reunite and do another uh, podcast when that's coming to fruition and we can talk about it and get it out there. Right. That's great. You write a book. We're going to have to do something about that. Tell the audience how they can find you. I know that I'm signing my daughter and myself up to get some work done on our faces before she gets married. I probably could use some help for sure. But you know, I don't really care, but it would be nice to look really good (laughs) for the wedding. Well, look what I've got to start with. I mean, we'll just bring your glow back. How about that? We will have you the glowing mother of the bride, tight and bright. How's that? and bright. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's done. But how can the average person listening to this podcast find you, find your products? Like, so if I have a friend in California who is now totally energized to find these products after listening to you, how would somebody go about finding them and knowing what they should get? How does that work? Okay. The first thing you do is go to sunshinebotanicals.com. There's the site. We are on, you can go to Sunshine Botanicals on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's where I'm going to be educating. YouTube is my platform for show and tell. My skincare clinic is called Farmhouse Aesthetics, and that's on Facebook. Okay. And I've got, that's really just gotten started. And we're going to have videos and information on the procedures and services that I do there. Okay. My address is emily at sunshinebotanicals.com. Pretty easy. And everything is pretty self-explanatory. On YouTube and on our website, there's a video about each product where I get into detail. And if you need more help, all you've got to do is email me and say, hey, can we jump on a call? And I'll be glad to help you navigate further, especially if you've got something specific you want to work on. So I love that. Like say hyperpigmentation. Oh yeah. It's like that wrinkles. Skin yes. spots, things that we're dealing with. Yes, I can how about, take how about out like the next stuff. Yes, microneedling and my liquid oxygen extreme. It's called Liquid O2 Extreme Eye Repair. Is liquid oxygen, astaxanthin, which is a form of vitamin C algae. There's some amazing things in that that can be used for the eyes and the neck. My product called the Elixir. I don't want to sound like a commercial, but you just asked me and I'm like, oh, lots of things could be good. But if I you know, I the- totally set you up for that because I want to hear it. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, there are some things. What I do in my clinic is a rapid jumpstart, very rapid. If you're at home, I have a pumpkin power peel kit that you can do at home. So if you're in California, you never get to meet, you totally want that. But anyway, on YouTube, you can get the scoop on what things do and easy to find. Oh, well, Emily, thank you for your story. I thank was, you. I did have a few tears. It's, it's quite a journey you've been on and your loss is tragic and how you've come out of that and stayed so positive and so loving and that you just want to share your love. It's like, you just want to hug everybody around you. It's amazing. And I feel that. Thank you. That means so much to me. And I feel my husband's presence. He's not here, but he's here. So if you ask me how I'm happy, A, because Holy Spirit's filled me up. And number two, Dr. Phil's still here. And that's how I feel. So I'm like, I got it. I got it. I got the wheel. We can do this. <laughs> oh, so great. It took a while, but I got it. <laughs> got it. Thank you so much for your time today, Emily. And thank until you. next time. Thank, thank you very much, Wendy. You're doing amazing things. And thank you for asking me to be a part of it. Love oh, you. Bye. You are so welcome. Love you too. And until next time, breathe in your second win. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile made you think and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.